At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. The center has to be at least three times bigger than this. Is that a, is that a euphemism? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's my that's my authoritative voice. That's like the 1950s. He was sniffing her milk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, see, yeah, that's not gonna fly over here. Hey, you're in for a pounding. See, he was sniffing my wife's milk. We're out to a hot start. We're gonna start here. All right, it's another edition of Sincerely Unqualified. Today we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the sequel to Doctor yes. Strange's standalone movie. We got sorcery, we got horror, we got normal comic book stuff, and mm-hmm. we're going to have some good debate on it because. I think we're kind of on the same page that there is a reason that it has mixed reviews right now. Mm-hmm. I think that we might end up falling more on the uh, the critic side this time, which I've I always don't... said the critics get it right every single time, and they All the like time. having fun. I think we have a consistent straight. If you go through every episode, there's a yeah. constant line of us just saying, we know we go against them this time, this time, but the critics are always right. Always, right? Always. Every time. And, you know, we haven't diverted once. We haven't called them out. I think it's fine. I don't know. They, this is the only time where they might actually be right. Yeah, we're people of our word. So we're going to keep the <laughs> same still, message that exactly. we've been, just keep we've been it driving consistent. home. For- yeah, that's what this podcast is about. It's just about giving the critics the the credit they, they deserve. deserve. Yeah. Exactly. You for know, being they work correct. hard and they have correct takes all the time and they Mm -hmm. enjoy having fun so we appreciate that exactly they Um, just love movies for for the the pure fact that they are movies yeah and yeah so this this marvel movie kind of opened to some weird reviews some mixed reviews but obviously it's doing well uh but so we're gonna we're gonna unpack that there it tried to do a lot yeah and we're, we're excited to talk about that beforehand he teased it in last episode there was a life change coming up for our own Winnie, and he needed to get some content in beforehand. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it did. Life change complete, and uh, the content has been consumed. All How of much? It. All give, of us, it. give us the update. Um, Penteverit, done, so check. That, that is All of that new show. Mike Myers series. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing, probably like two hours, three hours. Well, however long it is. The, That's just actually not that bad. Stream. Well, it's when like 20 see, minute when, episodes. It's like eight minute, eight episodes. Oh, okay. That's about okay. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's very good. When but, you talk about a full season of television, it's oh, always yeah. just astounding. But when you break it down into hours, well, that's that's fine. Well, don't get ahead of yourself there because then there's Ozark. That we, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's the entire fourth season yeah. of Ozark. Yeah. That, Which that I did not finish, by the way, but I think my wife told me that people weren't that keen on the ending, which no one ever likes the ending to TV shows that are generally loved. Nobody can ever be happy. Nobody, literally nobody can be happy. What about with you? The ending. So for me, it was fine. I knew it was coming. I didn't, I don't want to be that guy that's like, I knew it was coming. But yeah. 
you could see where it was headed. I honestly didn't know where they were going to go with the last scene. I like it. I like that they just kind of left it off. I don't think we need more. I think that if we got too much, it'd be like, well, why'd they do this? It'd be almost like a stupid Game of Thrones ending where everybody would be just yelling yeah, about mean, it and, constantly. And granted, I didn't see it, but I almost feel like when you said that, what reminded what what I thought of was the fact that there was a Breaking Bad... Was it a movie? Was it a shorter movie that El Camino? They yeah. kind of tried to resolve Breaking Bad's ending, which everyone loved. Like they wanted to add on to it, and it got yeah. forgotten. Oh, I didn't even see it honestly, and I watched really? all of Breaking Bad. And I—that's the thing. You don't need. I to. didn't see a single Breaking Bad's ending. Should live as Breaking Bad's ending, and then they try to add on to it when it's not necessary. So. It's always good to leave these things shorter rather yeah. than drag them out. And I'm looking forward to the end of Ozark because I, you know, that's that is such a good show. And it's quite honestly what probably a lot of people are going to remember Jason Bateman as. And the dude's in a ton. <laughs> You're not going to remember him as Teen Wolf, too? Most likely not. What about it Smartless? The Smartless Podcast. The, yeah, the smart. That's actually a pretty good podcast. It is. There's, I will say. There's another celebrity podcast that we're not too keen on. That of two celebrities that we both really like. But um, we always go movie update. So I'll kick us off here with a movie update about a a franchise that's massive that we actually don't talk about all too much. That's Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. So. Chris Pratt said that Jurassic World Dominion was going to be the end of the franchise. Six movies, 30 years in the making, and an executive actually chimed in and disputed that because they're actually planning on making another trilogy with no real plan. And they're just going to see how it goes. They're bringing in Ryan Johnson. It's going to be great. It's just going to be dinosaurs after all the people die. It's literally just going to turn into like a dinosaur documentary with Apparently, David Attenborough talking I honestly, over it. I didn't watch. I, I watched the first one and then refused to watch the next one of the yeah. Jurassic World I, this trilogy. This one looks cool, though. I'm going to watch this I'm one. sure it looks cool. I might watch yeah. this one just because apparently this is the end of Jurassic Park, but it apparently is going to be an examination of how humans and dinosaurs can coexist. <laughs> hey. Quick, quick update there. They can't. <laughs> they can't. That's how that works out. It's going to be pretty difficult. You want to know how we evolved? They died. <laughs> that's, well, that's how it worked. Also, that's the other thing is like, you can make a Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Because you could almost buy, hey, maybe here. like what's what's going on with apes and humans but dinosaur, like, are you gonna remake a Planet of the Apes? Mm-hmm. But it's dinosaurs. Hey, you know, you know why Planet of the Apes works? Cause apes are alive right now, <laughs> and they're there. And, and we're not are... like dying out by the millions because what if apes people are thought there. that with wolves though, and now we just have dogs living in our houses? What if? What if it's Kevin? Do you know 10, how thousand years down the line? Do, do you know how big a wolf is? I'm just gonna ask. You Apparently. Can I push they're back? Pretty, they're pretty big. Wolves are pretty big. You know how big raptors are? Yeah. Ants are not many... that big. Not <laughs> that big. So, what if 
after thousands of years of what human you- interference, we mm-hmm. can domesticate dinosaurs, and then uh-huh. well, like yeah, my thousands dog of years is a lovable idiot. And mm-hmm. to think the fact that he comes from wolf ancestry is laughable. So I'm saying that we could make dinosaurs pretty mm-hmm. good house pets thousands of years. Ago. Yeah. So what you're saying to me, raptors, is that we could eventually domesticate raptors. Maybe not raptors. That was a bad example. Brontosaur. So Brontosaur. They're fucking massive, dude. No. <laughs> raptors are small dude they there gonna, is like now debate treating, out there if they were basically chickens or not you're They're treating, like, well, any any animal with feathers is not big enough to be you're, non-domesticatable okay, but you're you're treating a t-rex as if it's like a bear in modern times it's like and, oh just stare it in the eyes and walk backwards <laughs> no i'm not hey I, t-rex never came out of my mouth I did just float brontosaurus because they're lovely <laughs> of every single every single uh, movie wants us to believe that brontosaurus is like the, the vegan ones are just really mm-hmm. nice. No, they're definitely not. It's possible. I can see them being dicks. I think they're pretty big though. Those they're, ones. Those are massive and yeah. also. Your oh, dog is. You want to know what they did? It's because he's, they sneezed on the kid in the first Jurassic Park and everyone's like, oh, they're so nice. He's just sneezed on him. He's not going to eat him. It's like, no, dude, that thing will stomp you out. Yeah. How much of what we think about dinosaurs as a, a whole population comes down to how we saw them in Jurassic Park and Land Before Time? Okay. Do you think. Because I think it's a lot. The, 90% of the population wants to eat one of those leaves from Land Before Time, too. And that's where they get their dinosaur knowledge. You know those, those stars? The leaf stars? I'm going to pretend like I do they, for the purpose of this podcast. I'm glad you're running with it, but the the whole plot behind the land before time was to find more of those leaves, right? That rings it? a bell. Sure. So yes. basically, yes, it was. Hundred percent. Dinosaur knowledge comes from. Are you now? You're just <laughs> now. I'm just rolling with it. Playing, you're just playing I remember. I liked it. I was a kid though, and I it's have a bad memory. Movie. It's a great movie, but I think that <laughs> if you asked a lot of the world population and you were like is it possible to like clone dinosaurs from some dude's walking stick that has a mosquito from millions of years ago they'd be like yeah they did it but yes it was a fossilized mosquito Mm. and it was in amber i'm pretty sure real right like those are real yes of course but even that i don't know how many people with a yeah they are but how many times is a dude with a white beard talking to jeff goldblum about it Probably Not more than many. you think. <laughs> you know how many ominous white dudes with beards just come up to Jeff Goldblum and they're like, I have an investment opportunity. He's like, oh, not today. <laughs> how many how many times has this happened? The answer will blow your mind. Jeff Goldblum just after the movie, he's like, honestly, a lot of people just started coming up to me and saying, like, just... Just started approaching him. How many mosquitoes in amber I have? I have this new technology, and I said, if it's not going up my ass, I don't... (laughs) Did did you just realize that you were doing an impression of someone, so it bled into a Christopher Walken leaning thing? And you were Mm -hmm. like, and he had to hide it in the only place. (laughs) You know, they couldn't get their hands on it. It all comes together. (laughs) I keep thinking about that watch. (laughs) That watch... Oh, your so, father and his father. <laughs> speaking of movies that have the staying power, Colin Firth 
thinks that mm-hmm. Mamma Mia 3 and beyond could happen. And I honestly think that they can make quite a few movies. I think they can go double digits because if there's one thing that can carry that long of a franchise, it's family. <laughs> Vin Diesel's just got a musical debut. <laughs> Mamma Mia, here we go again. He's to bring in further, like, so people go and see it. He's just going under his real name and not Vin Diesel on the billing at first. <laughs> you walk in, you're like, hang on, that guy looks a lot like Vin Diesel. And then oh. he tries to sing, and you're like, that's Vin Diesel. <laughs> He's like, it was this or the mass singer. <laughs> I can imagine that. Like, I've never watched The Mass Singer, but I do imagine that there are just really random celebrities that people can't yeah. really guess unless oh. they just brief Ken Have Jong ever- on, like, hey, it's actually this one. It'd be like, dude, who, oh, who is this? Oh, it's Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> the first season of The Mass Singer was so funny because people would take guesses, and Ken Jong was on the show. So he's like, yeah. oh, that's Bradley Cooper. And. It would remove the mask. And it's like Mitchell Musso from Disney <laughs> Channel in 2004. Dude, shout out Hannah Montana. I, that is very funny because you always have to either... The judges either have to guess down and hope yeah. to be surprised or the person's always going to be like, well, no, I'm not Bradley Cooper, dude. <laughs> Literally, Bradley's got like, other stuff going on. Why do you think I'm in a chicken mask on the masked singer? Well, yeah, and now Ken Jong just walked off that set because it was Rudy Giuliani one day. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Rudy Giuliani was the in singer. the mask. Are you serious? And Ken Jong saw it and was like, I'm done. I'm done. And walked off the set. <laughs> How did they that pulled, ever I don't know. work? I don't know. I don't know. But they pulled off his mask and you see it's Rudy Giuliani. And Ken Jong's like, whoa. No, no, <laughs> dude. I don't care where your political views lie. It to the fact that Rudy Giuliani was one of the masked singers, the titular masked singer of that episode, is yeah. insane. I want to know what his costume was. Oh, hang on. So we had to take a brief intermission, but I just watched the Rudy Giuliani. Parrot reveal on Masked yeah. Singer. And the, it is wild. The intermission was solely for the purpose of Kevin watching. <laughs> <laughs> the the fact that Nick Cage is on a stage saying, after all the controversy that you're around right now, why are you here? <laughs> like, that's, that's a damn good question, Nick Cage. He's like, you know, this is the one Nick Cage. Imagine Nick Cage was so Or just Nick Cage in canon. That would make it way better if it was Nick Cage. Oh, my God. Nick Cage was like, whoa, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage probably would have no idea anything that was happening. They would just have to feed him a note saying, like, yeah, he is... Uh, yeah. He's, he's in some stuff right now. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. I have, I've been in Siberia filming three movies. I don't know who <laughs> president is. Uh, Rudy Giuliani just oh, up as a parent. I, All right. I mean, insane. Okay. But so you know that the Avatar 2 trailer dropped before Doctor the Strange. The way of water. The way of water. So there's an article that asked, 
Is that Kate Winslet as a Navi in the Avatar 2 trailer? Is it? That's what Dr. Sk- or Mr. Skin has. Mr. Skin? <laughs> He's starting up a new category again. That the 10-year anniversary of the Navi section. People are into uh, people are into weird stuff. I could see it. it you know, there's going to be a lot of Avatar content coming out. Yeah, it's going to have to be one for Mister Skin. It's inclusive. Uh, what do you think the the search rates have already gone to? I They're already spiked. I don't want. I They're don't going want to be especially now that it's like water based, yeah, and there's going to be me sad. Uh, it's it's gonna it's ruined my faith in humanity. Just thinking about it, yeah, already because yeah. you know it's legit. All right. Something better, though, is <laughs> at the premiere of Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise was asked if he would ever be interested in rep- reprising another iconic role like Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. And Robert Downey Jr. heard that in earshot, and he could be seen walking away from reporters. <laughs> it's the perfect time to bring that role back, Robert. <laughs> it's, it's with the people, you know, the climate's just right. <laughs> What do you mean, the people? <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Took a second. What do you <laughs> mean, the people? <laughs> what do you mean, the people? <laughs> that movie, oh God, if it came back. If they Episode, made a, what, see, like three or four? Sincerely yeah, unqualified? I think so. Yeah, that was one of our top by far. I mean, oh, that's still sure. one of my top. Yeah. So... <laughs> A movie that we've mentioned before, The Nun 2. Ooh. So the details of the plot were potentially leaked after a mishap with like the casting call, but I looked into it and all it was was just the MJ telegram, except it just said, she's back, and it had a picture of The Nun. Ooh. <laughs> that was it. That's The but Nun all 2. All we know is that there will be a nun. Yeah. In some capacity. <laughs> and she's not going to be a good nun. To whatever church she was haunting, she just sent, I'm back. Michael Jordan, the nun. That actually sounds really scary. <laughs> I, honestly, I would be terrified. Could you imagine if you just walked in and there was a piece of paper that said, I'm back, and it was a picture yeah. of like a possessed nun? I feel I like churches chill. are the only places that have fax machi- machines still. So they definitely got the message through fax and just to hear that. I think it's one of those things that not every church has a fax machine, but every building that has a fax machine is probably still a church. You're right. Absolutely. I I completely agree with that statement. (laughs) I think that needs to go in (laughs) sincerely unqualified. (laughs) Put it in stone. Set it, set it in our bylaws. (laughs) (laughs) These are the important topics we discuss. Um, not every building. What was it? Not every building with a fax. Not every church has a fax machine, but every building that has a fax machine is a church. Exactly. And stamp of approval. That is a fact. No checking needed. Dude, oh, that would be so scary, though, if you were just at church on oh. Sunday and then that telegram comes through. Yeah. I think you just, yeah, the telegram. We're getting even farther back now. Yeah, some dude's just like plugging away at the, (laughs) he's being held hostage by the nun. And it's just, he starts typing like, please help. And she's just like, no, no, no. (laughs) Um, We see PL, 
but we don't know what the rest could be. <laughs> Dude, exciting, exciting news out of the movie world. And I'm okay. not sure if you've seen this yet. Oh, God. There is a certain movie with a certain action star that just landed a director. So, David Ayer, the mm-hmm. first Suicide Squad director, will be directing no other than Jason Statham in The Beekeeper. No we way. We got a director. We're moving on. We're not shelfing the movie. Let's Sincerely go. unqualified. Let's go. Destined to talk right. about this movie. So and we now, are already committed to leading the air cut mission for when this ultimately flops. All we need here is some way, somehow, to get onto that red carpet. I We have to. We're going like, to. We've been promoting this movie since day one. Literally since the inception of this movie came out. Since Jason Statham lost a million dollars and bought that script, we have been there. <laughs> you know what's crazy, too? Is I think that... It had to be either the first or the second time we did movie update. I think that it was when we were doing the Suicide Squad remake, which mm-hmm. is uh, the the movie, the correction to the movie that the director <laughs> made. I love this title too, and it's the the article said Jason Statham's action movie about beekeeping recruits Suicide Squad director. Like this is. This is getting amazing. That's Hollywood Mad Libs. Okay, so all we need here, the rest of it, is we need a love interest. And, we and, need, and, hang on, hang on. Need, is the love interest going to be an animated bee? We voiced, tried that once. What, we tried but, that once with Jerry voiced, Seinfeld. <laughs> voiced by Mark Norman instead of Jerry Seinfeld. Another oh. joke, clean... Well, he's not clean, but he can do clean. He can do clean. Honestly, I think we're checking all the boxes here. We're checking animation. We're checking diversity. We're checking Statham. (laughs) We're checking. All we need is for box one, the love interest to have a child that he needs to protect. The child is how how young is the child? My own seven or eight. Okay. Just old enough to comprehend what's happening, but young enough to be naive. And for some reason, they have a stuffed animal bunny. Like, oh. they're always, always in these movies, they're probably a little too old to still oh. have a, a stuffed animal that they hold on to. But this one also is in you know that what, camp. You know what the stuffed animal is going to be at the end, though, don't you? A bomb. going to be a, a bee. The end of the end credits, you're gonna see that child holding one hand on Jason Statham and the other on a bee. A the, bee. Yeah. It's gonna be like a uh, like a, a Webkin's bee. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we know all is right in the beekeeper universe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I actually can't wait for this movie to come out. I really think that no matter what it is, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy with the product. Oh, yeah. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be a very odd movie. And if it actually ends up being good, it's going to be like the best payoff out of any movie experience. I think we should stand outside of a premiere if we don't get invited to the red carpet, which at this point is a sin. 
we're I think. we are going to fly to one of our respective cities. I'll fly we're there. wearing beekeeper outfits yeah. and we're and going we're to handing out honey. We're handing out organic honey yes. to everybody going inside. And Let's what's the movie theater going to do? With our faces on it and yeah. then wrap the just like little jars. That's great yeah. promotion for the podcast. And the beekeeper. I think it's a win-win. Honestly, and we can bring flowers for pollinating so that bees can come there to well, the theater. Just what I'll, if we brought my bees in the theater? acting up though. Same. So, we can bees. bring bees in the theater. Nobody would be mad about that, do you think? <laughs> Did I, ever tell you? I feel like I've said this on the podcast before, but every time I think of bees, it just makes me think of the potential of maybe being stung. And then I remember that apparently, so I always tell people, they, you know the thing like they don't sting you if you're not afraid? Mm-hmm. And then I, I like drop nice. the knowledge on people that it the reason is because the carbon monoxide bl- levels in your blood raise and the only reason that i know that is from jackass three i think when they're doing steve was doing a bee stunt and this guy with green hair tons of tattoos who's just probably made some Clearly questionable decisions expert. in his life yeah it's like he doesn't even realize man the carbon monoxide levels in your blood rise and i was i've watched that and i have never even went to google to no. fact check him I trust that guy. There's some things that you hear that you never need to fact check. You're like, I'm taking that as fact and I'm running with it. That's one of those For things. the rest of my life. If there's one person I can trust about a bee sting, it's probably someone who's been stung by quite a few bees. Absolutely. That guy. There's a few things where it's like, some things, something will be, it's like, oh, that's not illegal on Sundays. And you're like, what? <laughs> What do you mean? Like, I'm going like, to take your word for it, no. but I'm not going to act on it. <laughs> yeah, I promise. There are, That's I'm not illegal. You, every single time now, if there's a bee around and it's like following me, I just take a deep breath. I allow my carbon monoxide levels to lower in my blood and not be afraid. Again, I don't know if that science is I legit like or not. I feel that's just completely false. And you know what? I might have changed it in my mind now that he might have even said something different and I'm just spewing misinformation but I'm very I'm very comfortable with spewing misinformation about this I feel like if you're going to spread misinformation about something nowadays the safest thing is probably getting stung by a bee yeah I think you're on you're on one side of misinformation spreading and I think you should stay on that side <laughs> <laughs> it's a good side to be on yeah you're on you're on the side of uh least casualties here Least Except resistance. one person who's like, I don't need my EpiPen, sweetie. He said it's carbon monoxide. <laughs> <laughs> well, the podcaster clearly said that the guy at Jackass said. Is it a science podcast? No. It's a no, comedy movie They were podcast. talking about Jason Statham and the beekeeper for the 30th episode in a row. They, they just said they got a director for the film. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like he needs his every pen. he's like don't even worry about it but did you hear that they got David Ayer <laughs> that says he's like his throat's closing up and he's just like no 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 but I'm so excited for the premiere <laughs> no but you don't understand there was an air cut and the studio <laughs> messed with the original Suicide Squad that's why they got in a different director <laughs> They said they're going to be handing out honey at the premiere. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, now now I am fully on oh. the side of 
I think David Ayer got messed with and that the studio ruined the Suicide Squad because I have full faith in him that he's going to make a great beekeeper movie. And speaking of what I think we could start out with and the studio maybe messing with some stuff. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This is quite honestly... I don't know if it's MCU fatigue. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's this specific movie, but they had James Wan in to direct this, and mm-hmm. he is far and away one of the best horror directors of our time. He had all this style that he brought into it, and it was just in little pockets, and it felt a little disjointed because of that. There were beautiful beautiful scenes and this horror like these horror elements actually really worked within those scenes and then all of a sudden we'd get a superhero line that's super cheesy and belongs in the first avengers which yeah i almost just feel like they didn't quite commit and they kind of wanted it to be two different movies so it was just in little pockets and that's kind of the problem i have with the movie okay so well sam raimi directed it right Yes, that's what I meant. Okay. Hang so on. I'm going to splice that in. Okay. Sam Raimi. <laughs> so what I saw is basically what you saw, where it almost felt a little disjointed. And I wouldn't say that it's from fatigue because I'm watching Moon Knight. I just finished Moon Knight. Moon Knight was awesome. Like Marvel, I don't think overall has lost its steam like you still love the end games you still love everything like that but when a movie like this especially after seeing everything everywhere all at once goes for the the multiverse and then you bring in kind of this marvel aspect going off exactly what you said there were a few lines in there where it was even the go back to hell line where i was just like we don't need any of that like just if you're gonna do horror do horror if you're gonna do this do this stick to it it was a somewhat of a hodgepodge of like are we doing the quirky marvel thing where it's like let's toss in jokes or are we doing horror or are we like you didn't fully commit to horror in this there was nothing that was overtly scary and at the same time there was nothing that was overtly like heartwarming or feeling like i don't feel like i got to know any of the new characters enough to actually feel like oh her parents are away like okay we saw that for three and a half seconds in one memory and then it's like all right well she's trying to get killed by wanda i don't think anything really committed enough for me to be like all right yeah that was a great movie and even at the end i like saw i I was like when are they gonna loop back in doctor strange to the other ones because we just saw the new spider-man the new spider-man was a masterpiece yeah yeah. And then to go from that to this, it was like, mm, I don't I, know. Yeah, I honestly think it it probably comes down to a lack of committing or just that they didn't blend it well enough. Because yeah. like you mentioned, everything everywhere all at once. There are movies that can blend genres and it could be really successful. But it really comes down to me. I think it really came down to the lines that were delivered after some of these horror sequences. Oh. And it really... And I I even thought of it. That's why I was thinking, is it fatigue? But when you talk about Moon Knight, when you talk about some of these other shows that can really bend the normal genre that we're used to, they all completely commit because they're TV shows. They can take a little more creative freedom. It almost feels like these movies have to stick to the normal superhero 
format. And yeah, it, it it when it wasn't blended that well, it really just felt like I wasn't sure what I was in for. Mm-hmm. And that was it about I don't know pretty much at every point in the movie. <laughs> so, do you think that there's an issue where now people were swayed by Endgame where they think that every line that's at like a pivotal scene Mm. and this isn't to say that in Spider-Man things it doesn't happen but in this I saw it because it's not as big a release when Mm. there's those big releases you get people like hype cheering everything like that and with this movie it's not like a hype cheering kind of movie it's like what can we bring to this with that come the lines that are things that they would expect maybe to get cheers or to get reactions from the crowd and in that non like we're not overtly hyped for this sense those lines kind of fall flat and it's just like uh, even the 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 line where it's peggy carter and she's like i could do this all day for me it was just like nice little nod of the cap i i love that but at the same time there were lines similar to that in this movie where it didn't hit and everyone was kind of instead of going like yes right more just uh you know, well, and, and to me that was the, entirely because of the two genres, or the, I guess let's even just call them like the vibes, because yeah. uh, like we can even just call a superhero movies a genre within themselves. Those lines that tend to hit and are those applause lines, y- you can accept those when it's in a an Avengers movie because yeah. you're going and it's good. You're gonna get the corny lines and the big hammy delivery that's what you're there for you can't have such different of a horror aspect and then that vibe connecting together because we accept the we basically look past the corniness of it because we're like this is a a comic book movie but when a demon version of the Scarlet Witch pops up and snacks, snaps someone's neck, and then Doctor Strange is possessed and and yeah. has like the souls of the damned as wings, and then all of a sudden they're like, it had to be love. <laughs> no, no, just no, just go with, go with horror. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Like absolutely, and that's why I think Sam Raimi did. It probably as good of a job as he could have i don't think this is anyone's fault other than the mcu saying yeah we really want to go out there and we saw great reception to the shows but our movies we can't just go all the way off genre we still need to have the let's say international marketability and the brand awareness of a marvel movie as opposed to let's be truly creative because dude there were some scenes like the scene where uh professor x was going into in her mind wanda's mind and it could have been so much yeah well no i'm saying like it just looked beautiful like Mm -hmm. we always we always talk about we're not film guys we're movie guys but that was such a beautiful shot and a beautiful scene that it like took me back and yeah. it, then this red cloud rolls in. And you're like, oh man! And then that's when you see the the like possessed, crazy Wanda snap his neck. And then three seconds later, it's like also we're watching an Avengers movie. And I'm like, wait! Yeah. It just it felt a little well, weird in that aspect. Do you also? I also think that Marvel is listening to people now, 
but I don't know if they're listening and acting in the same ways that people want, where it's like, okay, John Krasinski is Reed Richards. Spoiler. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, but I'm assuming you've seen the movie. Him popping up, there were some mixed reactions in the crowd. It was yeah. more of like a nervous yeah. laughter of like, what? what? what it's him? <laughs> it's the guy from Quiet Place. But it was, it was very mixed, and it was also just like, for him to then, another spoiler, die in four minutes. Yeah. And that's not to say that this is another universe. He can't be the Reed Richards in the other universe. You know, like different things, different yeah. strokes. Maybe that's their way of bringing him in. But to do that with every character in that universe and like introduce them, introduce yeah. these characters, these people who have, who have been like, oh, we want to see this. We want to see that. Marvel's like, yeah, you can see it for two seconds. Enjoy. Well, Hope that's it's what fun I for think. You. I think but that's like setting them up to be in different in different movies in different universes or like i honestly think it was basically just saying hey now we have x-men involved because we're gonna do new mutants and hey we actually are bringing john krasinski in as one of the fantastic four movies that's another thing that's weird about the business side of these movies is that having x-men and fantastic four movies under the mcu now is such a huge opportunity to them that they have to bring them in beforehand somehow so it's like, well, let's just throw them in this multiverse movie quick and weave them into the story somehow. Yeah, I agree there. I, I think that it's a good way to do it. And it's also, I don't know, it was kind of for me just like, it was it was a, it was a good way to do it for that reason. Yeah. But it's also like they were in it for five minutes. Yeah. It's well, like, I thought also, there was going to, because the promotion of everything, it's like, oh, the Illuminati, you're going to go for trial with everything. And then within three minutes, it's like, well, they're all dead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I also think that that's probably supposed to be showcasing the power of Scarlet Witch even more because mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, she's the most powerful person ever and we need to see it in some way. Mm-hmm. So we have these nebulous different universe characters that are in this authority position. So we're like, oh, they must be super powerful. And then she just also, kind of runs through them. But one question with that is why would she waste her time fighting the other two if she got rid of one guy's mouth and turned the other into confetti. Why can't she just do that to the others? What is there a one limit thing? She's just like, no, we we have to fight these two specific ones. Yep, exactly. <laughs> my my silence is because there's not an answer. Or at least yes. not an answer that I would I would say. Um, <laughs> the, I do think my real, last thing though, sorry, yeah. is the there's two different ways that we've seen horror displayed in kind of a family-centric movie. Okay. So my main comparison to this would be like Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. The Death Eaters. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. As a kid. Yeah. The Basilisk scared the shit out of me. They committed, but at the same time, it's like they made a great movie. The plot was there. Everything was there. There's these great scenes, everything like that. The Quidditch scenes, everybody's happy. Everybody's this. I feel like Marvel could have looked at or done something similar to that where it's like, yeah, there's these horror scenes, but you don't have to do anything to those. Like have those, have those be scary and then come back and be like, all right, let's have some fun. Yeah, I just think it was, it was blended better in Harry Potter. And I almost wonder if it's just because these, I, I, I'm honestly blaming the business side of how, how insanely 
lucrative and giant every single Marvel releases. Yeah. Because there is a point where they have to protect whatever they believe to be the brand or, or whatever these movies are. And quite honestly, the TV shows are just going to have the audiences that are down for the weird stuff and the they're Marvel fans. But mm-hmm. these movies, they still have to have some sort of the the good old superhero movie. Yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, like we said, you either need to pick one or the other. Just re- by the way, real quick with John Krasinski, we mentioned him. So I, I went and loaded this movie again, but I was in the bathroom afterwards and mm-hmm. the boys, the boy, or there was a group of friends and the boys were chatting at the urinals. And it was actually super interesting because like we said, there were mixed reviews. The, this one guy just goes, dude, did you have any idea what was happening at any point in that movie? <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And he was like, dude, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. And then the friend goes like, what are you talking about? That was like one of the best movies I've ever seen. So I think that there are, especially when you talk about like the Marvel fandom also, you need to know or somewhat care about. I I think that if you're just an average moviegoer, if you see Professor X in some weird yellow car as a wheelchair and john krasinski as a fantastic four character it sets you back yeah it does you're like what's going on here and then the multiverse aspects too if you're not attuned to it it might they they keep having to like really set it up and really explain it for people who might not be that aware of it yeah and so i think that kind of it's kind of played against it too but yeah this guy goes it cracked me up the guy goes uh he mentioned the fantastic four thing the guy who said he didn't know what was going on and his friends like yeah dude that was john krasinski and he was like who's that and he's like jim from the office he goes jim from the office (laughs) (laughs) i was just like it's so funny because when you're kind of tuned into everything you remember like we know now now we know john krasinski is john krasinski a jacked handsome guy but for people who just watch the office and kind of don't really care about other stuff yeah that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) the guy the guy dating fucking pam yeah yeah is Dude, Reed Richards I, and then you'd be like yeah he plays Reed Richards and the guy's like I don't know who that is yeah <laughs> like, Dude, I thought that was so funny that that is great I mean I feel like I heard a lot of mixed reviews coming out of the theater and I mean I was sitting with friends who were like enthralled with the movie they loved yeah. it and every like joke hit and everything like that and there were times where I'm sitting there I'm like they didn't hit for me but I'm glad you're liking it. You no, know, like also, I'm just I'm enjoying them enjoying it. But for me, yeah. I was just like, there's some jokes where I'm like, Ugh. and that's I love thing. all this stuff too, and I love it. Right, and that's why I I should have said right. And I also like to say off the bat, if we're ever critical about a movie or we say we didn't really like it, still like that the it's movie. not for me. That's what I, yeah. yeah, and I still do like it. I just think that we hold that I held this. I went in with high expectations, and I hold mm-hmm. these movies to a higher standard, especially when they're like, hey, we're bringing horror elements into it but if i can if i who is an idiot can notice that there are like (laughs) there's like legitimate execution issues 
of not blending the genres, having weird pockets go back and forth. Maybe it is a personal preference thing, but that's why I kind of teed up at the beginning. I I think I might be saying what critics are saying here. Yeah. No, and I agree. And this is the one time where it's actually been pretty evident. And it may just be from watching so many different things. And especially in the Marvel universe, it's like you get to see all of this stuff. It's so right in front of you. And for us to see something that's finally like, hmm, let's take a second glance at this. Let's uh yeah. let's look at this through some uh some booze goggles and see what's going on here. Well, but also but, like I I was watching the movie and I had to think about why I didn't really like it. And that's same. what came down to it because I was like, oh, this is this is a Marvel movie. It's fun. Yeah. I like every single Marvel movie that they make. But there was something about this one that didn't didn't sit with me super well, but there yeah. were obviously a ton of positives to it. I agree, but I think that there were more times where I found myself trying to pull myself back into the movie and be like, like there were times I was like, just come on, keep going, like give it another chance. And there were times that I was not so taken with it that I was just like, no, no, just keep going, just keep watching. Or there were things that took me out of it that I was just like, just keep watching. Just keep, yeah. you'll like and it. And it was just, just too keep, frequent. Yeah. It was just like too frequent that we had to play compounding. that. Yeah. Yep. Like, I don't know. It was something, it's something that I've never had to do before in a Marvel movie. Right. Or TV show where I'm apologizing on my own behalf yep. for like, not like, and it's cause it's but so I'm supposed weird. To like yeah, this. exactly. So yeah, it's this like, is supposed it's to like be you're good. supposed to like this. And, and after this, it's like, well, you don't have to be in love with every one right. thing that they make. You that, know, like that you, is a thing about like it, it's this weird, honestly, like psychological aspect to yeah. it of identifying yourself as a Marvel fan, <laughs> and that's something that a lot of people do, and it's normal if you like a lot of things. Uh, if, when I say things, I obviously mean movies and TV shows. You are way less likely to be critical about it. But when it doesn't hit right, you honestly have yeah. to play that game in your mind of, I'm supposed to like this. Let me understand why I don't. Well, even a movie like The Eternals, I didn't walk out where I was like forcing myself to ask those same questions or there were yeah. moments of The Eternals that took me out. No, that was a good movie. There were obviously portions that I could have done better and things like that. It well, wasn't my favorite Marvel movie, but at the same time, I wasn't you know, sitting there going like, you just keep going with yep. it. You know? and it was all like it was different, a different vibe. And it was fully committed to being different exactly. all the way throughout. Yeah. There wasn't, it, it wasn't like fighting itself back and forth between where are we going with this? Can we be a little darker? But at the same time, we're a Marvel movie, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't know. It was not to say that I didn't like it. I thought the performances were great. Like the acting and everything was great. Oh yeah. I thought, you know, I love the character, Dr. Strange. I love everything about that. Um, it's not like the worst movie in the entire world. No, it's just not something at all. That you not would, at all. Like with all the hype and everything you expect going in, especially from what Marvel has created, you expect this certain level of performance. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like when you're com- when you're looking at a superstar like LeBron and he doesn't have a great game and you're like, oh, well, is LeBron done? It's like, yeah. no. no I he know just put up 75 triple doubles these, this past season yeah. and we're like, is LeBron done? Scored well, like... 
22 points. That's, like, no, that's an interesting done. take, too, because yeah. there are certain aspects of it. And in, in when you talk about that with movies, it's kind of like scenes. Like, you can see... Yeah. You can see the scenes or even specific shots. Like I mentioned that, I it, honestly all I can say is that that all white red cloud rolling through. It was breathtaking. It was a beautiful shot, and yeah. then having the the rubble closed in on her inner self. I thought it was mm-hmm. super interesting. Another thing I loved, which I'm not sure if other people would love, I just thought it was super cool. Was the two Doctor Stranges fighting each other with musical mm-hmm. notes? That was very cool. Yeah, I thought I it was say. an incredible way of weaving in the score. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but also two Doctor Stranges fighting each other. Like it's gonna be weird. They're going to do interesting things with yeah. their spells and to just weave in some really cool score. I loved that. I honestly, I liked the Professor X in here. I thought mm-hmm. I thought Professor X played a good Professor X, even though he had a super goofy. Uh, I think it was from X Men '97 or something. The Japanese his, bullet train style. Yeah, bright yellow <laughs> chair. See him coming from have, a mile away. They don't have good taste in your universe. Like let's let's be a yeah. little more practical here, yeah. Professor. And then also the yeah, you're right. Like the acting, it, it was that was fantastic too yeah however i do think that even though there was an entire tv show for wanda and wandavision for us to understand why she is the way she is Mm -hmm. i i still think that it's a little weird that she's like well i'm going to be the worst human being to ever exist in the world uh to do like unspeakable things to people it's because but i'm a mom like, I think it was like it took a step back with Wanda, like completely. I think it kind of did. And like I don't we think had it's this whole great Olsen's series. Fault. No, and then it was just like, oh, let's just make her a mass murder. <laughs> okay. And the the weird, like, if you're going to have to try to rationalize it, especially through specific lines, the I'm not a monster, I'm a mom. Make that a little stronger. <laughs> yeah, let's beef up the wording. Remember when I said we're brought, <laughs> that was before everything, but I said this podcast is brought to you by the Thesaurus. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> use it. <laughs> use it once in a while. Yeah. Um other than that, I'm trying to think of some positives because I like to be I love the cast. Yeah. I think it was look, and this is by no means saying this was a bad, bad movie. Like, yeah. I enjoyed it wasn't my favorite am i gonna go for a rewatch immediately no but you know what i actually think maybe i was talking to a friend with it uh, about it today and he was going to rewatch it he said he liked it but i was thinking about it and because you know what it is going in i wonder if this is actually a good candidate for a rewatch I feel like those ones that. that you're not crazy about basically i think the ones that you go in with high expectations and are a little let down by but you know are good movies yeah i think that those are pretty good candidates for a rewatch am i gonna do it i'm not sure but <laughs> we'll wait until that it is comes something on i thought Plus. of <laughs> yeah i'm going to wait until that comes on streaming service and i'll probably go see the northmen in between <laughs> dude i was walking by my theater and saw everything everywhere all at once was showing at the other theater yeah. and every time i see anything about that movie i just like I give a nod to it. I feel like me and it have a relationship in some sort of capacity, and I'm just like, 
hey <laughs> you guys are just like hello Fancy old friend. You here. Yeah. yeah exactly it is a hello old friend thing it's like welcome back we're here yeah we're not worthy but i mean coming off of that movie to the new doctor strange i just hope the next marvel movie is a hitter i don't know which one it is hope it's not Man 3 but I, we'll okay. see i am Love. See, that's another I thing do that love we Paul were Rudd, saying though. with Marvel. Exactly. It, when you mix Marvel and Paul Rudd, I'm not going to be critical about that movie. Also, because <laughs> I love all. Ant Man was one of the first truly funny Marvel movies. It was. Yeah. I think Ant Man One was so good, and it essentially set up. It's one of those movies that we talk about. It's the first mover. Like you look back yeah. on, it, you're like, oh, that's a lot like so and so. Ant-Man was the first mover of Marvel movies actually being super funny. I agree. I, I agree with that. So shout out Ant-Man. I think it's just Paul Rudd's ability to <laughs> make anything funny. Shout He's out improv. Paul Rudd. I do love seeing every time the clip comes up of him going on Ooh. Conan and playing Mac and me. Yes. I watch it every time. You know, he did that on his podcast, too. Oh, I saw even, that, too. Yeah. It was He's like, this is an audio medium. You can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> oh, so next Marvel release, which, again, I know I'm going to love. We are getting another hitter. It's Thor Love and Thunder. July oh, 8th. yeah, this is going to be great. Oh, actually, I will... We'll talk about this. I might not be able to, to get a recording in on that, but... Thor Love and Thunder coming out July 8th out of the MCU. Okay. Very, very excited for that. We actually have a guest host for Kevin that week. It's, a, it's Natalie Portman. So we, me and Natalie go way back. I mean, we have a photo together. So she holds the We were on the, the red carpet together. So there's Did nothing. you get a picture with Natalie Portman then? You haven't seen that photo? No, I've just seen Jesse Eisenberg and the guy oh, from... Uh, it's literally me on live TV behind Natalie Portman waving. Oh, oh, okay. I think I have seen yeah. that one. Yeah. What else is the other one? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg and the kid Jesse from Eisenberg, Modern the, Family. The kid Manny from Modern Family. Two people <laughs> from Glee and Army Hammer. So it's like the most random assortment of human beings you could ever <laughs> get to get. Sounds like a really hard trivia question answer. You know who else was there? You know who else was there? Every single massive celebrity. And you know who I got a picture with? Manny Army from Modern Family. Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> or the kid from Modern Family and someone who potentially has questionable and diet. My thought process was he's basically Mike Myers because he played two roles in a critically acclaimed film. He was both Winkle Vi. That was the Winkle Vi. The Winkle Vi. That's the plural of Winkle Vi. Our age range, that also is like the, dude, the, the social network was like our yeah. art house I know. That phenomenon. was the movie. That. In the trailer, we saw London Tipton going down on somebody in the bathroom, and I was just like, oh, this movie's going to be odd. No, yeah, I guess so. No, I was saying that for our generation at that time, that was like the people who liked movies. You yeah. you were obsessed with the social network for a little bit there. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It was like the boondock saints of our time. Yeah. It was I mean, it was a quality film. It was a film. It was it a very was... good film. Um and just Sorry, like... my product was at the cleaners. So <laughs> we will be doing a comedy next week. We wait, we said what we were gonna do. Oh, fast times. Okay, yeah. We'll do yeah. it. We promised the people. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. 
Fast times Maybe. at Ridgemont High next week. I am sure that everyone will be sick and tired of Sean Penn impressions after we're done. Mm-hmm. Until then. Oh, and just another note. Shout out Beekeeper. Just Shout just happy. Beekeeper. Happy is happening. I'm so happy so, for it. Hopefully we get even more news every single week. Mm-hmm. But fast times next week. We'll see you at the next episode. <laughs> Mr. Hand. <laughs> yes. You gotta keep going. Come with me. <laughs> That's it. This is our time to check the hive. <laughs> get, you, get your carbon monoxide in place. <laughs> <laughs>